But I just, I just, uh, I didn't even know what to call today because it's, it's a, it's a lot of little different things that I've been seeing the Lord speak to me about, and it was about our spirit man. And the Lord has been talking to me for like a couple of weeks now of how the enemy's been coming to break our spirit. And it, and it's crazy because you know even as Apostle was up here earlier, he was talking about the crushingness of the spirit. And I, I, I had a vision one day because, you know, maybe some of you don't know and some of you do know, but <laughs> I, I, I like to talk about things and I like to be transparent. And I've been, you know, accused of this so-called transparency and things of videos and stuff. And, and I'm like, you know, that's the way I live my life. I, I, don't, pre- I don't pretend I'm not fake. I don't, uh, I don't go around acting like I got it all together when, you know, I have weaknesses and I have some struggles sometimes. That's just how I am. And um, I think we've gone through the most severe tax as a church here for the past, I don't know, two, three weeks now with people coming against what God's doing here. And I'm just being real. So as we were going through this process, I began to pray and ask the Lord. I said, God, because you never put a face to the enemy. You don't, you don't look at the people. You look at what's behind, what's being at work, and it's the enemy. It's, it, it's the, the, the enemy coming in through using people to come against other believers. And that's the way I process things. So <clears throat> as we're going through this process, I began to see the hand of the enemy come up, and it was a, a black big hand. This is I'm just going to tell you how I saw it. And then I saw... Like someone's soul, like their spirit was in his hand, and he began to grab it like that, to crush it. And I began to ask the Lord, I said, I said, why, what is this about? And he says, well, the enemy's coming to crush your spirit. And he says, because if he can crush your spirit, then you'll give up, and you'll give up and relinquish your inheritance. And so as I'm going through the, through the prayer, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but maybe some of you guys have gone through other different attacks than, than we've gone through as a church, but maybe you're going through some personal attacks. Maybe there's some things you've been struggling through recently, and, and, and the whole goal of the enemy is to crush your spirit man. Um, see, the, the enemy's not scared of us knowing our, our, knowing our word. He's scared when you move in power. The hits we've been taking as a house here have been because the power of God has been moving in here. There's been healings. There's been transitions. There's been mind shifting. There's, there's been a move of God here these past six weeks. And because of that, the enemy doesn't like the move of power. See, it's not, it's not, it's, it, he's not, you know, we're real cute when we read our word every day. But once we begin to apply what we're reading and we're learning in our word and understand we can walk in it and we can move in it, that's what brings fear to the enemy. You have to begin to apply what you're reading. I remember we used to go to this uh, Native American church in Dallas, Texas, and um, they would pull the Native Americans off the reservations to equip and train them at this place. And so we went there, I don't know, like five or six times to pour into the Native Americans there. And I remember being there. And the one thing they told us was, when you go to the reservations to preach, you better come with power. 
And they said, because if you don't come with power, the medicine men on the reservation will come to you. And because they move in power of darkness, they will come and try to, it's just like anything else, like Baal and all these other gods that they, that they believe in and serve. It, it, it's, it's like, okay, who has the most power kind of thing, like a competition. But see, the one who, has, who, who should be moving in the most power are the people of God. It should be the body of Christ moving in power for the kingdom of God. You know, the first Corinthians 4.20, not a God of talk, right, but a power. We have to live by that. But when we start living that way, it starts uh, rubbing people the wrong way. But they told me that when I went to this uh, Native American, they wanted to ship us out to Arizona and all these reservations. And they said, we'd like to get you guys and ship you out to all these reservations and all these things. But then after that, we moved here. So we never got to do those things. But they told us, you're going to have to move in power because the medicine men will show up in the back of the church and they want to see if you're for real. See, the for real to the dark side is not just knowing your word, but it's the power of God that God has imputed inside of us to begin to move in what, what brings fear to the enemy. And when there's a lot of things, regionally speaking, that the, the Lord wants to finally get rid of out of this region. And there's, there's, a, there's a, a resistance in the spirit. And the resistance is here now. I feel it. I can, I can, <laughs> I know it's here, and it's exciting at the same time, the resistance, because it's time that things change in the region. There's been too much uh, agreeing with the enemy and people not even realizing it. As I, as I was seeing this, I started looking up in Proverbs 17, 22, and it says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. This is why the enemy wants to crush your spirit. He's not coming to crush your knowledge of the word. <laughs> Let me say that again. He's not coming to crush the knowledge of what you've memorized in your word. He's coming to crush your spirit to make your bones dry up. Proverbs 18, 14, it says, The will to live sustains you when you're sick. But depression crushes courage and leaves you unsustainable to cope. It comes to crush. It, 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 I, I began to see it in the spirit. And, and depression, we think, oh, we're just sad. Oh, you know, it's okay to be sad. No, it's not okay for you to be sad. Because it said in the verse before that I read to you, a joyful heart is good medicine. See, that's why he's coming to crush you, make you feel depressed, make you feel sad in certain areas, like you've missed something or you made a mistake somewhere, and then he comes and uses that against you to crush your spirit. And so <clears throat> I began to see how the crushing of your spirit is connection with the resurrection power. And let me tell you how the Lord showed it to me in Ezekiel 37. I'm, I'm going to start reading the, the beginning of, of the chapter in, in verse 1, okay? <clears throat> Ezekiel has this encounter with the Lord. And it says, the Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away in the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. 
Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? So, oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. See, the crushing comes and it pulls you away from the resurrection power of your bones living. So if you go on to verse 7, it says, So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly I spoke. There was a rattling noise across the valley. There was a rattling noise in Holiday City. (laughs) The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched the muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. (laughs) Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. See how he keeps saying son of man, son of man. He's talking about even us. What are we speaking out of our mouth? He's telling him, release the prophetic. Release the prophetic message to the dry bones. I guarantee you, when you're going through your struggles, you don't feel very prophetic anymore. When your spirit is being crushed, you feel you don't hear God anymore. And it becomes a distraction where you're no longer speaking like the Lord anymore. And he tells them, he says, he says, son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the messages he commanded, and breath came into their bodies. They all came into life and stood up on their feet, a great army. (laughs) Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying they have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Anybody feeling hopeless lately? Feeling dry? (laughs) Our nation is finished this is, this is even a national thing going on. What's happening in our nation right now, right? Our nation is finished. People are thinking this already. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, that is what the sovereign Lord says, O oh, my people. I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O oh, people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and I will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. The Lord is speaking today. He's speaking in this very hour. He's speaking, and he's saying, dry bones, you will live, and you will not die. I have, I, I've been getting so many reports of death trying to come upon people. You have no idea. I just, people even speaking it from their mouths. I feel like I'm dying. I feel like, like the enemy's trying to take me out, like he's trying to kill me. Well, speak and prophesy 
to yourself. Speak and prophesy that the four winds of his breath would come upon you. Begin to prophesy and speak to the nation that we live in, that it would begin to rise up again to create an army of the Lord, to begin to eradicate what the enemy's doing. It's time. When we begin to move in the power of God, darkness begins to try to show up. We've seen that a lot lately here. Those of you that haven't been here, I'm telling you the truth. We had about six witches show up about three weeks ago. They walked in the door, nicely dressed in their best of the best, expensive clothes and expensive jewelry. You could never tell in the outer part. But spirit to spirit, you would be able to discern what they were tampering with. That's what's happening right now, people. They come disguising themselves. People with money. The witches are not going to come in with their little witches hats and their little broomsticks. By the way, I'm a witch, and I do witchcraft, and I'm here to hurt you. No, they don't come in like that. They come in in deceptive mode to manipulate you. You know, I lived in, in uh, Florence, Alabama for a while. And when I lived there, I saw a lot of the, the, the witches' covenant stuff going on there. And I remember praying one day. I remember when I first got there, I couldn't even pray. And I said, God, why can't, even I, why can't I pray here? Like, I, I feel like such a hindrance in my prayer. And he said, well, you got to go into the spirit to get the strategy of what's going on in the region here. And I said, okay, Lord. And I began to pray. And I remember the Lord beginning to tell me, he says, about the, wherever there's reli great religion, a religious spirit lives there, that there is more of the demonic stuff that happens in a region because of that. Because they cannot discern in the spirit of discernment through Holy Spirit. They can't discern when darkness is there. So they would be a, a, a religious mindset. They can know the word, but it doesn't have power. They don't know how to move in the power of the word of God. So as I'm learning all this, as I'm living there, <laughs> I began to understand that I'm right dab in the middle of the Bible belt. And there's a little restaurant down the street. And let me tell you, because they're the ones that gave the most money to the community, it was overlooked, the witchcraft that they were tampering with at that time. They had witches and warlocks all around in the restaurant, up on shelves in the restaurant. And nobody even saw it because all they saw was the monies that were coming out at the time to pay for things for the community. You see how the enemy works with manipulation to deceive and bring deception? <laughs> so I was looking at all this, and the Lord was reminding me about all this, and he says, yeah, this is how the enemy's coming, and this is why this stuff lives in certain regions is because of that. So let me bring you to a now time. You know, I'm just being very real today. <laughs> I'm not, uh, the Lord told me when we're going through these attacks, the Lord said, it's time for the lion to roar. 
He literally got in my face and says, time for the lion to roar. Because we had been quiet the whole entire time when we were going through all these attacks. And the Lord says, now, boom, it's time for the lion to roar. We had a pastor release an article about our place here. And I said, it makes my heart sad that he would be bold enough to do that, but he's not bold enough to run out the witches up the street from him. That there's warlock statues in places in the middle of his community. And they had, they had functions going on. Last year we were there, or the year, I think it was last year or the year before, we were out there because doing worship and worshiping the Lord because they had a witch's celebration going on in the same area. And they had no shame. They put a post in the, in the Bryan Times. And say, we're going to be reading your, your palms. We're going to have palm reading. We're going to have uh, this and that and the gems and the stones and all this mess, right? But not one pastor was bold enough to come against it, to break what the devil was doing. But they will surely stand up against a believer and come against the move of God. But they are not bold enough to run out the darkness that is sitting right there in their community and in their face. See, it's time for the lion to roar inside of us because I'm going to speak truth now. And things are going to be broken and things are going to begin to break and things are going to begin to move in our region. Because I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and know that I got it all together and be all cute with knowing the word of God but without power. Because when you begin to move in power, even the witches begin to shake and tremble. And they run out with their tail between their legs. That's what happened here one night. We had this, the witches were all here. And then when the power of God showed up, they didn't know where to run. They were grabbing their stuff. They were trying to run out the door. You should have seen them. Because the real thing showed up. It wasn't just talk. But there was power behind the move of God here. It's time that we begin to become a people of power and not just talk. I pray for the people of this region that their spirits would begin to wake up. That the army of the Lord begin to really rise up and wake up inside of them. That when they speak, they speak truth with the Holy Spirit, not with their flesh mixed with the Spirit. And say, God said God said for me to expose this. Really, God's going to tell you to expose another believer who's sacrificed their whole life for the kingdom of God? That doesn't sound like the God I know because when they were out in the garden and, and here comes Peter to chop off the ear off of one of the people that were there to, to come and take Jesus away to arrest him, Jesus came to the man and healed his ear and said, no, Peter, we don't do that. But God said to expose this. When did we become so perfectionist that we're going to expose somebody else's trash? When did we become so holy that we don't see anything wrong with even ourselves? Because none of us are perfect. All of us have flaws. I don't care if you're the apostle of the 10th and all this other mess, or you got this big old label, or you've been in ministry for 50-something years, you still have weaknesses, and there's still a part of you that is still need some healing and fixing. See, the lion is roaring now. 
You know why? Because it breaks my heart when I see my intercession team and I see people that have partnered with us in other states and they're getting these attacks because of another believer that is throwing out trash out there that is called churchy witchcraft. It's churchy witchcraft when you come against other believers and you don't look any better than the witch up the street from you. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, the characteristics of the last days. But you need to be aware that the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families and they will ungrateful, they will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and molasses slander, slaves to their desires, and they will furiously belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, big on it and wrapped in clouds of their, con, uh, con, uh, their consent, conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of loving the Lord. They may pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. <laughs> we did a whole radio program about this stuff, <laughs> and we called it Stay Away From Them. <laughs> <laughs> See, y'all haven't seen this side of me before. <laughs> I'm always real quiet. <laughs> I don't say much. <laughs> but when the lion begins to awaken and the Lord begins to do something real and a shift, guess what? It's time for the lion of Judah to show up to begin to protect what God is doing. I'm not here to play games. I don't know why people in the region here think we're here to play games when there's no game playing when you're dealing with real situations. It's crazy. First Timothy 4, 8 through 16, it says the conduct of God's servants. For athlete training only benefits you for a short season, but righteousness brings lasting benefit and everything for righteousness contains the promise of life for time and, et and eternity. Faithful is the word, and everyone should accept him. For the sake of this ministry, we toil timelessly and are criticized continuously simply because our hope is in the living God. He is the wonderful life giver of all the children of men and even more so to those who believe. Instruct and teach the people all that I've taught you. And don't be intimidated by those that are older than you. Simply be an example. They need to see by being faithful and true to all that you do. Speak the truth. Live a life of purity and <laughs> enthusiastic love as you remain strong in your faith. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God. Be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. This is why we're here. That very scripture right there. Then it goes on to verse 14. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. For it is imparted to you by the laying on of the hands of the elders that was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you. 
Make all this your constant meditation and make it real with your life so everyone can see that you're moving forward. Remember God about four weeks ago talked about we're moving forward? Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach. For living what you preach will release salvation inside of you and to all those who listen to you. I began to see, uh, I guess last week, I began to see the Lord come in here and release robes of righteousness upon us. And they were beautiful. See, we didn't earn our own righteousness. He died on the cross for our righteousness. He died on the cross even for those that have come against us. He died for those too. And they cannot get their righteousness by what they've done. They can only obtain the righteousness of God through him because of the cross. And the same cross that died for me died for them. And I began to see the robe of righteousness come and lay on people as a protective hedge this season for the people that were believers here, that they would have a covering upon them and they wouldn't be attacked anymore by the enemy. Because you're righteous because of what he did for you. You're not righteous because you made a good decision or, or, or you've done some amazing things in your life. You're righteous because we, he did for you on the cross. And it's something me or you cannot earn. It is given to us because he sacrificed himself for us. Isaiah 61, uh, 61.10. I will sing and greatly rejoice in Yahweh. My whole being vibrates with shouts of joy in my God. For he has dressed me with salvation and wrapped me in the robe of his righteousness. I appear like a bridegroom on his wedding day, decked out with a beautiful sash, or like a radiant bride adorned with sparkling jewels. I love the way it says that in Isaiah. His robe of righteousness is beautiful. And, and even, what, even the part that he says, I appear like a bridegroom on his wedding day. Like a radiant bride adorned with sparkling jewels. That's what we look like to the Lord. When we have a rope of righteousness around us, he doesn't see us with all the junk and the mess. He looks, he looks at us and sees the sparkling jewels and sees his bride. And how beautiful. I don't think, I, I mean, I, honestly, I've never seen an ugly bride before. Think about a bride in the natural. And when the bride comes out in her beautiful dress and her, and her crown and her attire, nobody says, oh, that's an ugly bride. But yet we tell ourselves that we're ugly sometimes when you're his bride. Stop telling yourself you're ugly. Stop telling yourself that you're not beautiful because he sees you as his beautiful bride, dressed in jewels with a sash of a, a robe of righteousness upon you. That's how he sees you. He comes and he, he covers you with that robe of righteousness that comes and covers your whole entire body. And then you can just sit in it and you're protected from the enemy in that robe of righteousness. But see, it's when you don't understand how righteous you are in him when the enemy comes and attacks you in your mind. When you make yourself feel less than in your mind, that's when you move yourself out of the covering and the, and the robe of his righteousness. 
Because you get into your mindset and the spirit of the Lord is saying something different. The way he sees you is gorgeous. You know, um, these past couple of weeks here, the Lord was showing me, um, I was like gutting out my house and cleaning my house and, and it, it was really, <laughs> it was really a lot of work, <laughs> but I knew I had to, I had to do it because, you know, it had to be done. But as I was cleaning out all my stuff, I started finding keys. I found so many keys and I, I didn't even know what most of the keys were for, honestly. And then, you know, um, <laughs> When Patricia Doty, Apostle Patricia Doty was here, she sent me this little emoji thing, and it had a key and a heart. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying, God. And then this is like one of the keys that I found in all my mess was this key. And I found like two or three of my necklaces that had keys on them. They gave them to me a long time ago. And the Lord was just speaking so loud about the keys. And anybody who knows us knows that we came here because of Isaiah where it talks about the keys of David. Yeah, the 2222. And so I, I began to, to really seek the Lord in it and ask the Lord what he was saying through all of that. And to Isaiah 22, 22 through uh, 24, I will place upon his shoulder, upon the shoulders the key of the treasures to the treasures of David's palace. I like the way the Passion Translation says it. He will open doors that no one can shut, and he will shut doors that no one can open. I will strike a blow to him as a nail in a secure place, and he will be a glorious throne of honor for his father's house. And all the glory of his father's house they will fasten to him, including offspring and branches that will trust in him. Every vessel, jar, bowl, both small and great, will be fastened to him. See, the keys are here. And the Lord was reminding me through these keys. He says that even though you go through attacks, even though the enemy wants to take you out, he can't. Because what God has already spoken for your purpose and your destiny and where he wants you to go and where he wants you to be is orchestrated by him and him alone. Man has nothing to do with it. We didn't choose to come to Ohio. God sent us to Ohio. So no man can push us out of Ohio because man didn't bring me here in my family. Only God brought us here. Do you understand? Nobody can take away your purpose and your destiny from who God's called you to be or move you out of your place unless you agree with it. The enemy has no right to shut doors. God's open for you. I'm telling you right now, that's going to bring you some freedom today. He's putting the keys on your shoulder, and you have to take heed to the keys. But I believe this season, not only are you going to get the keys he's giving you, but you're going to know what the keys are for. He's going to explain to you, give you understanding of what these keys are for. Because you can have a lot of keys and not know where they go to, and they'll sit there in a drawer and run away, and you'll never do nothing with them. But I believe he's going to start reminding some of you of some of even the old keys. Because I found old keys and I found new keys when I was going through all my stuff. And the Lord began to speak to me through that. And he started saying, the keys are here. And then one night I came in, I started seeing the keys in the river. And they were just floating along in the river. 
for people to come get. And I believe as, as even regionally speaking, people are going to come in this place, pastors and leaders, and they're going to pick up keys that they need from this place to take back to where they came from. They're going to come pick up their keys. Because, see, man, man can't shut anybody down. God's opened doors for you. God's made ways for you. And God is faithful in his promises with you in that. As I was going through the, the process of uh, the keys, the Lord began to speak to me of the two keys. He says, first, there's two keys. And these are the two keys he's given you before he leaves. The rest is they're going to be personal keys that he's going to begin to uncover to you as you spend time in his presence and with the Lord. But he said the two keys are the word and the spirit coming together. You can't have one without the other. They have to work together. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of the spirit, of the joints of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We need that key. Another key is the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 1.13 through 14 uh, passion, the Passion's translation, it says, And because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring. And as the first installment of what's coming... <laughs> It's so beautiful. He is our hope promised of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all redemptions, promises, and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. Think about it. The next time you think about Holy Spirit that you wear him like a, an engagement ring of promises. Some of you, when you got engaged, maybe you haven't gotten engaged yet, but when you do get engaged, you're going to give a ring of promise. The promise is that you will one day be married, right? It's a beautiful thing being married to the Almighty God. And you wouldn't want it any other way but to, be, but to understand that Holy Spirit is sitting on our fingers this morning. Let's stand. He's sitting on our fingers. If you could just stand with me this morning. He's sitting, Holy Spirit is sitting on your fingers this morning as the engagement ring. That maybe you've been filled with the word of God, but now the Holy Spirit is going to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to wear Holy Spirit as a promise on your hand to know that there is more to come of what's to come. Aren't you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited that, that we get to wear a ring today. We got some two keys, right? We're going to leave with two keys in our pockets. And that we get to wear the ring of Holy Spirit engaged to us of his promises of what's coming. It's exciting not to know of what's coming. Because if the Lord is in this with us, what's going to come is going to be good. And we're going to have victory in it. 
See, that's the mindset. You know, some people, when they enter marriage, they enter in in fear and being scared. But when you enter into a marriage and a covenant with the Father, it's, it's, it's full of favor and glory and goodness and happiness and joy. See the difference? It's like there's no strife in being married to the king. He comes in and he, he, he puts his robe of righteousness upon you. Having a joyful heart that your spirit will not be crushed. I was so glad this morning when they announced that if your spirit, if you feel your spirit's been crushed, and come up because it's it's okay if you feel that your spirit has been crushed. Some people think it's not okay, but it is okay because I'm a real person and and, and I've been there with my spirit crushed before. We're real people with real feelings and we get crushed sometimes, but it's the part that what are we going to do with the crushing? Are we going to be molded to look more like Christ or are we going to give up the very thing of inheritance that he's given all of us? Nobody should move you but the Holy Spirit. Some of you are here this morning. You've, have, we've, you've been having to make some decisions, some hard decisions. And the Lord says, I'm with you in those decisions. If you just seek my Holy Spirit, I'm going to show you the way to go, the path that I have already laid out for you. And I'm going to show you what you need to do this season. You get in my word and you combine it with the, with the Holy Spirit and you can't go wrong. He's just pulling off some heaviness and some burdens off of you of trying to look a certain way. And the Lord's like, don't try to look any other way than who I've created you to be and to do. I can't change because people are not in agreement with what I do or what I say. I've seen too much. I've, I've experienced too much of freedom. And when you've been in freedom already, you don't want to be as a slave anymore. Some of us get tossed to and fro by the enemy because we put on slave clothes and then we go back to freedom a little bit and then we go back to our slave clothes and then God's saying, but I have a rope of righteousness for you this morning. How about you wear that for a little bit? It protects you. It makes you feel secure. It makes you feel loved by the Father because I died on the cross for each one of you. Can you put that on? Then you won't be tossed to and fro from freedom to slavery anymore. You know what keeps me from being a slave? Is I always imagine a big old chain around my neck and a ball pulling me. Some of us are stubborn in here. Why would you let the enemy pull you around like a ball and chain? You don't even let people in, real, in your real life tell you what to do. But you let the enemy come pull you around like a ball and chain. The time is now for us to get our keys to the kingdom of heaven. They're in the river. I saw them. They were gold. They were all gold keys. And it's like, whatever you came for this morning, 
It's in the river up here. Sometimes you have to get out of your comfortable seat, your comfortable uh, thinking, and you've got to come up out of faith to get the keys he has for you. It's uncomfortable for you to see people come, and there's nothing in the natural there, but in the spirit there's everything. (laughs) See, we can't live of this world. We have to live out of heaven. And when we live out of heaven, then we know that something is real that's sitting there. We know that the keys are real by spirit. So if you're needing some keys this morning, then you come up to the river and you get your keys. Only you and the Lord know what you need this season. I can't tell you what to come get. I can't say, oh, I even asked the Lord. I said, God, are are the keys certain things? Because I'll tell them. He's like, no. They'll know what their keys are for. As soon as they come up out of faith into the river and get their keys, they're going to know what it's for. Because I'm going to tell them. So, God, we pray this morning that the river is here, God, just as they were saying earlier today, God. And there's keys being released in the river right now, God. Keys that we need for our next destination of our purpose and our destiny, God. God, we're never called to be confused or in unbelief, God. But we're called to know the next step that you have for us, God. Because you say our steps are already ordered. And if our steps are already ordered, God, then you're going to give us the keys we need for the next season, God. You don't leave us to stay stagnant and to be still, but you give us the keys which represent authority to begin to take what the enemy has tried to steal from us and take the keys back because you're the key holder, Lord. You're the one that holds all the keys from heaven and hell, God. We just received those keys this morning, God. Whatever those keys are for, God, you're going to make it clear to everybody and their spirit of what they're going to be used for, Lord. And you're going to give them the authority that they need for this season to do your work for your kingdom, Lord. So I'm going to do an act of faith this morning. And you do an act of faith with me. See, if you're still back there, maybe you should need to come up here. If a new car, a new house was attached to the keys, I bet you'd come running, right? <laughs> maybe uh, to become a millionaire. You know, I've been watching all these shows. Maybe maybe if I gave a little, uh, a little thing out there, will you become a millionaire if you come up and get your keys today? Then maybe you'll come running up here. But see, the things of the kingdom of God are valued much greater than a million dollars. They're much greater than it's for your whole generations of your family. It's for your grandchildren and their grandchildren and their grandchildren, right? So everybody will be blessed. It's not just for yourself or your family now. God has always been a God of generations. We don't do what we do just because it's something good to do. We do what we do because it represents generations to come. So, God, we step out in faith this morning. And we take back the keys of the kingdom you have for us this morning, God. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we step into this river this morning, God, and we collect our keys this morning. Some of you may have more than one key up here. I just saw, like, like uh, uh, in the spirit, I saw some of you might be picking up more than one key. But uh, whatever God shows you is what he's going to give you. So uh, you won't leave empty. You won't leave empty-handed this morning. Some of you have been feeling unworthy, and you're like, you know, I shouldn't even be standing up here because I'm not even worthy of a key. And I'm going to break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus, that, that you are worthy. You are worthy. And he's released a robe of righteousness over you. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how much backsledding you've done. I don't care where you came from or where you've been. But the robe of righteousness is falling on you this morning. God, let it fall from heaven, the robe of righteousness, God. Let the keys begin to fall from heaven this morning, God. God, we're called to be a people of power with authority, God. We're not just your children, God. We're ambassadors, God. When you feel led, you stop, you bend down and you get your keys as you're being led in the Holy Spirit. And you begin to pick them up. And you begin to pick them up. And you say, devil, you can't have my keys. You can't have my keys, devil. You can't have my keys, devil. to walk forward because you're going to walk forward into your purpose and destiny this morning and we're going to do an act of faith and sometimes we need to move on an act of faith and we just have to move forward and say I'm leaving everything behind God I'm leaving all of that behind me God 
All of it's going to be left behind, and I'm walking into the new this morning with my new keys that you're giving me this morning, and I'm going to take hold of my keys that even you lay upon my shoulders this morning, God. Some of you are going to feel some stuff falling off of you right now. When you light up the way and you show us your heart, and you light up the way when you show us your heart. Watch your heart, oh, you light up the way, yeah, oh, show us your heart. Father, today, won't you show us which way to go, which way the wind blows, Father? We want to just move to the sound of your heart this morning. We want to move to the sound of your wind, Father. We want to see the light at the end of the tunnel, Father. We want to know where to go, when to move, what to say, what to do, Father. Our hearts are yours. Our spirits are yours. This morning we declare we want to know when to move. Oh, yeah. Won't you light up the way? Won't you show us your heart? Won't you light up the way? Would you show us your heart? Show us your heart. Show us your heart. Show us your heart. Oh, yeah. On this morning, yeah. On the round, yeah. Oh, come on, this morning, yeah. Oh, he's Teaching us how to pray, oh, many hearts. I felt the wind come in here a minute ago. And it was so awesome because I felt this refreshing coming, this wind. And it was almost like Ezekiel all over again. That he's breathing on your bones this morning. And you will live and you will not die. He's breathing over the bones this morning. And he's creating you into an army with the breath of God. Some of you just need to breathe in this wind that he's pouring out this morning. It's going to give you strength. It's going to make you feel refreshed. Your bones are not going to feel dry anymore. And there's angels in here this morning, and they're blowing fresh wind upon you. If you just close your eyes. See, you can't, you can't, you can't understand what God's pouring out in the Spirit if your eyes are open sometimes. So sometimes we have to shut our eyes to receive from His Holy Spirit what He's releasing to you. If you just get out of your mind for just a moment... Receive his fresh wind this morning. He's blowing in your face. He's blowing things away 
that has tried to keep you down, that's tried to keep you down over and over again. And God's, I'm blowing it away. It's going to wither away. Thank you, Lord, for your outpouring to each and every one of us this morning, God. We thank you for the keys, Lord. God, that we would leave this place this morning, God, stronger, being able to see clearly, being able to hear clearly, Lord, your Holy Spirit this morning, strengthening our bodies, Lord. We're thankful. For you choosing us, God, before we even chose you, Lord. Thank you for choosing us this morning, God. Just begin to thank him right there where you're at and say, thank you for choosing me, God. Thank you that you marked me, that you chose me, God, to do the work of your kingdom this morning, God. Thank you for stripping away the old and 
giving the new God. Thank you for the new keys. And when we walk out of this place, we're going to walk out of here with the keys of kingdom, God. With authority, God. Underneath our belt, God. Just thank you this morning, God, because you're so good. I just felt joy walk in the room right now. <laughs> Get your fill of joy this morning before you leave. <laughs> it's like a cup of joy is coming around to you right now. And he's like, just get your fix of joy before you leave. <laughs> he's filling some of you up right now. And he's making your cup overflow again. <laughs> some of you have been so tired you're like man I don't even have anything to give anymore and God's like let me refill you let me fuel you up let me refill you with my goodness <laughs> there's no Won't limits come, come like you promised pour out your spirit pour out your spirit won't you come come like you promised pour out your spirit pour out your spirit won't you come come like you promised pour out your spirit pour out your spirit won't you come come like you promised pour out your spirit pour out your spirit oh won't you come come like you promised pour out your spirit oh pour out your spirit come on this morning won't you come Come like you promised, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit, won't you come, come like you promised, pour out your spirit, pour out, come on, there's something on that this morning when we say, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit, oh, pour out your spirit, and pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit, oh, pour out your spirit, oh, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit.
Thank you for the infilling, God. Thank you for the overflow, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. 